This is Fire Rescue One Side Alpha Podcast, putting fire service leaders in front of hot topics facing firefighters today. Now here's the executive editor of FireRescueOne.com and FireChief.com, Chief Mark Bashore. Today we're going to be talking with a group called the Firefighter Free Team. If you don't understand, give us a bit and we'll get you there. This episode of the Side Alpha Podcast is sponsored by EF Johnson, a JVC Kenwood company. As a leader in mission-critical communications for more than 90 years, we have made it our mission to make safe simple. Hi, this is Mark Basher, Executive Editor for Fire Rescue One. Today, we're going to be talking about a bunch of common sense. Well, at least you'd think it was. Before I go much further, I wanted to acknowledge that we did experience some uh, audio disturbances during this podcast, and we apologize for the changes in audio levels. The content, though, is still both educational and entertaining, so I appreciate you listening. Let's get back to the show. We know firefighters learn a lot in all those Firefighter 1 and Firefighter 2 classes, but what about the life skills? Well, that's where the Firefighter 3 team comes in. And let me tell you a little bit about them. Uh, We'll introduce them here. The Firefighter 3 team came together with three firefighters who wanted to motivate other firefighters to survive. Matt Hennessy, Andy Beck, and Ben Willey are helping firefighters navigate some of the everyday things and skills that firefighters need to think about beyond firefighting. Matt and Andy worked together in the Mandan City, North Dakota Fire Department, when, uh, while Ben is a captain with the Fargo, North Dakota Fire Department. The three recently penned an article for us on Fire Rescue One, and the title of that was Firefighter 3, Learn the Firefighter Life Skills that Go Beyond Firefighter 1 and 2. You can find uh, that article at firerescue1.com slash FF3. Uh, we actually created a downloadable PDF that uh, I understand is is uh, going pretty well for the guys. There's some pretty cool stuff there. Um, so, uh, guys, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you taking time today out of your busy schedules to uh, share some of your, your uh, stuff with our folks here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so um, this is, I suspect, going to be a little freewheeling at times. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, let's let's start with you, and guys, just jump in where you where you think uh, you want to. But, Matt, where did the firefighter three idea come from? Well, thanks for having me. I, I've been a firefighter for ten years, and uh, I am the kind of, I'm kind of a cynical, sarcastic guy, and you know. Throughout the years, I always kind of joke because we would help with firefighter one and two, and then you know something would happen around the station. And be like, you know, I'm sick of these guys learning. You know, the formula. If you have two two rooms involved in a house fire, what's the you know the operating procedures and everything? When in reality, you're spending ninety percent of your time in the station with these guys. So anytime something funny would happen, or something would annoy me, or something would I would just shake my head and laugh. I would always just kind of holler out firefighter three and <laughs> 10, 10 years down the road, Andy kind of got wind of it, and he kind of took the reins. It started off as a joke, but in reality, there is a lot a lot of truth to it. You know, it's, it's I remember my first day, I sat in the wrong recliner. <laughs> Not a big deal. But, you know, it's one of those things where I've, I've told new guys, I said, the, one of the things you're going to want to do is find out where guys sit. It's little things like that. You know, it saves an awkward conversation or 
you know, you never know. You get the wrong people. They're like, well, who does this kid think he is? You know, because I'm not that kind of guy. You can sit wherever you want. But some people are set in their ways. It's just what, you know, there's guys that you work with that have been there for 15, 20, 25 years that this is my house. What, you know, what are you doing? So I think that that could go a long way with people if you're like, okay, guys, where do I sit? And kind of make it, and don't take yourself too seriously. Kind of make a joke about it, you know? Like, I, this is your guys' house, you know, who, you know, who does this? Where, how, how do things work around here? Not necessarily what happens if we pull up to a structure fire, but how does dinner work? How does, you know, what do we do in the mornings? How, you know, who does this? Who does what? And it's just stuff like that that I think that it could make. It's just, it's stressful enough going into a new job, regardless of what the job is. I don't care if it's working at a gas station, being a firefighter, a police officer or anything. But getting those awkward situations out of the way early, I think, can really just, you know, kind of break the ice a little bit. And I know I know guys would be like, well, he kind of gets it, you know, like, let's figure out how this works and let's let's move on. So that's kind of how it all started. Yeah. So it so it all started around the uh, the lounge chair. That's 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 great. That's uh, so, you know, it makes me think about the 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 story that uh, I had from when when I started and my wife and I, who actually met in the fire service and I was a live in in the firehouse. We had live in. Uh, volunteers. And uh, I was the one who had the, uh, I don't know, they called me the mother hen, if you will, because I kept the sink clean and I wanted the the dishes to always be washed and uh, nobody would wash them because they always said, oh, the paid guys will get them in the morning. And, you know, it was just one of those uh, things that one of those skills. So I can really relate to what you're saying there. And and I uh, appreciate that you're trying to take something that, uh, uh, might not be that the, the sexier thing of the fire service, but it's a thing that the, the folks need to be able to survive. So, Andy, what about you? What uh, what was it that brought this together, and you wanted to do made you want to do something with this? So part of it was a was a shift change of work. Man, I ended up on the same shift, um, working together. You know, every now and then in the same station, but at least for sure in the same shift and. I thought there was there was a corollary over to something else I did. I've worked with the firefighter near miss program for um, a number of years, and one of the big things that we always talk about is there's a power in stories, and people are wired to share stories. And one of the problems we sometimes have is we don't do a good job of sharing stories and talking about things that went well or didn't go well. And our job is is when you look like it from an industrial standpoint, it's what you call a wicked environment, meaning that. We don't always know the results of our decisions until it's too late. You make a decision to enter in through the front door of the house with an inch and three quarter hose line, and it's not until two minutes later when the floor collapses, maybe that we realize that that was the wrong decision to make. So it comes, it ends up with a job that's really, really hard to learn. You have to learn it through time. You have to learn it with experience. We tell stories. Um, we can replicate that experience. We know it works. There's science behind it. So in, in a more informal way, instead of each one of these new people coming into the station that we see, I've been in structure since 2006. We see these people that come in and they struggle right away and they make little mistakes. Like Matt said, drive somebody nuts. So it was an easy way to be like, hey, new guy, new girl, you don't have to beat your head against the wall. It's, you know, I told Matt, I said, we need to start writing these things down. So we just started keeping a running list every time he would yell firefighter three in the station, one of us would write it down, you know. And I, I think... They're all stories, basically, and by telling people those stories and sharing those stories, then we don't all have to replicate those same mistakes. Hopefully, we can speed things up and get people on board a little bit faster, and, you know, and help them be successful. 
Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, storytelling, you think about it, storytelling is a lot, a lot of what the fire service is about. Oh, yeah. if you, can, you know, if you can make something uh, positive out of that experience, especially for those new new folks, that's that's uh, yeah. Because sometimes, sometimes, I mean, we've all sat around the kitchen table and you listen to the stories for the fourth time, and they're eighty percent not true and twenty percent there's a shred of truth in there, maybe at some point. But you know, this this is a good way to take that, like you said, a pretty pretty important tradition that we have. Yeah. And, use it you know for kind of a mission yeah ben what about you what's uh what's uh, one of your best or uh, most favorite firefighter three lessons i think the one i'd pick out would be working and training together um there's again science that suggests when we do hard things together uh we form that bond you, know, you don't see you know my wife works in a teaching profession and you don't necessarily see them calling themselves brothers and sisters uh, as teachers. Uh, they have their unions and, and their uh, organizations that way. But uh, we do hard things together, and it forms that bond. It forms that trust. So when, we're, when we spend time around the rig or uh, even set up a, a circuit and do a workout together, um, we're formulating those, those relationships and, uh, and building that trust, which helps us serve the, the public all the better. Yeah, you know, I recently had um, a non-firefighter person, somebody who's involved in the, the fire service in a different capacity, uh, say to me that uh, they wanted to take the Firefighter 1 and Firefighter 2 course at our local college. <clears throat> and I asked, uh, I asked why first, uh, you know, because it wasn't a traditional person. And they said exactly what you just said. They said, you have this brotherhood and this sisterhood that um, I want to be a part of. And I told them there that, um, you know, taking the class is great if uh, that's this is a direction you want to go. But that's not what forms the brotherhood and the sisterhood. Surviving through the hard times, exactly what you just said, surviving through the person throwing up at you, on you at two o'clock in the morning or the CPR of the baby or pulling someone from the pool or uh, from the ice uh, for North for your North Dakota right. audience there, right. uh, you know whatever it is, that's the those experiences are what builds that brotherhood and sisterhood. And then coming back to the station and being able to survive with the things that you guys are trying to put together and um, you know the the firefighter three pieces as you call it, uh, it's kind of a genius piece to to what we're doing. So I appreciate you you putting that uh, together. The other advantage to that is it really helps to build resiliency too. So, um, like you said, Chief, the the things that we're exposed to can really um, damage a person emotionally, mentally, physically. By doing these hard things together, building those relationships, building that trust, it also builds resiliency and hopefully keeps us healthy and and serving throughout a long career. Yeah, so what we're you know we're talking about some fun stuff that uh, on the first half of this and uh, uh, just just fun ways to keep firefighters together and um, you know you talk about uh, who sits in what chair. Well, that that's important. That's absolutely important. You know whose one, turn is it to cook dinner? Yeah, chief, go ahead. Chief, one thing that I small thing I would say, but is a very true thing, and, and we put it on the list is one of my favorite ones. The, the remote control of the TV at night when you're all watching TV. Who who gets control of the TV remote? And I just kind of came up with the way of, you know, it's just like fire fire command. Senior officer gets the remote, 
unless otherwise stated. <laughs> and it's little things like that. Like you, if I was working and a new guy started and he came in and I'm watching a football game and he grabs it and turns it to something else, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, get, we watch football on this shift, you know? And that's, it's little things like that. What, what do we watch? You know, what are we watching tonight? What do we watch at five? What do we watch at, you know, whatever time. And it's just little things like that. that and I try, Andy and Ben are really good at the, the, I don't mean to take this the wrong way, but the serious aspect of it. I'm just, I, I, I like to find the humor and everything. That's kind of the way I operate. And, you know, I, I don't look at anybody the wrong way. If they do something that like rubs me the wrong way, like, when it comes to day-to-day stuff like hey take your laundry out of the washing machine but it's little stuff like that that i think that some people just kind of overlook they they take the job as a firefighter thinking man we're going to be fighting fires all day and we're going to be doing this and we're going to be doing this it's like well honestly you're going to have a slow day and you're going to be sitting around a lot and at night you got to know you know this guy goes to bed at this time so if you're going to get up and make a make dinner at 10 30 or 11 o'clock at night don't be banging pans around and don't be firing up the microwave and because there's guys that have been firefighters for a long time like what are you you know what are you doing i didn't know you know it's like it's a it is it is a it's a family because you're you're basically living with these guys and and it's awesome too you know the guys i work with are some of the guys i go to for everything whether it's something going on at my house or something going on with my life you go to these guys you know they do truly become people that are not just coworkers or friends. They're like family, you guys. And I think that it, it, it's really awesome in that way, but I, there's little things that I think can help new guys more than just, you know, the, the, the firefighter one and two have to offer. And I look, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything bad about firefighter one and two, but I think there's things. It's almost like when you get your EMT certification, you learn more once you get on an ambulance service than you ever will from a book. And that was kind of in the back of my head a lot of it. When you, as I was an EMT, I worked for a, a private ambulance service. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. You know, you got someone that's going crazy and, you know, you say, ma'am, calm down. I'm here to help you. And then they take a swing at you. And, yeah. you know, you, you didn't learn that. Well, what do you do if they swing at you? <laughs> well, yeah. so it, it, that's kind of where it all came from. And it, I just think that there's a lot of, and I think it's an ever growing topic too. Because yeah, I know yeah. there's guys out there, it doesn't matter how big your department is or how many calls you get. We've all seen the same type of calls and we've all dealt with the same stuff around the station. It doesn't matter if you're in Bismarck or Mandan, North Dakota or in New York City. Well, and I think, you know, when you look at when you take initial classes or we go to any training, whether it's firefighter one and two or fire officer one, that's really the science of the job that they teach you. But you don't know how to apply those skills in a vacuum until you have some experience. And that's kind of the art side of it. So you need the art and the science, but, you know, stories and, and things like the firefighter three program, what we're trying to do is give people some of the art, give them some of the experience. And, and I know Ben's done a lot with mentorship too. And I think this flows over into that as well, but you can't, you need to know those nuances and, too often we do a really good job sometimes of making everybody experience the same thing and beat their head against the wall the same way that we did. So if we can short circuit that a little bit and give people a head start on how to be successful hanging out around the station or helping out at the department, you know, we're gonna make that that next generation better because there's no reason for them to struggle through a mistake that we made. Yeah. No, that's great stuff. And it, you know, it's kinda like the education system. You've got 
credit courses and non-credit courses. And this is uh, this is kind of what you're talking about, the non-credit course that uh, it's really important to have, but um, it's not going to get you that plaque on the wall. Uh, right. This is the stuff that uh, is going to help you uh, help you live and survive. We're going to get to uh, talk a little bit more about resiliency and the mentorship here in just a second, but want to take a brief moment to recognize uh, our sponsor, EF Johnson, uh, JVC Kenwood Company. When the mission is critical, no one has time for complexities. Kenwood's Viking FireSafe software enhances communication awareness in dynamic fire scene environments, allowing firefighters to focus on the mission at hand. We know that you rely on radio communications as your lifeline. That's why Kenwood is committed to providing you high-quality P25 portable and mobile radios that are easy to use. We make safe, simple. Visit us online at www.efjohnson.com. Okay, we're back with the Firefighter 3 team, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more, uh, Ben. going to get a little bit more into, uh, you start talking about resiliency and um, uh, mentorship. So, you know, we, we've had some fun with uh, some of these life skills issues, but um, how do we really begin to turn this into a mentoring of firefighters as opposed to just having fun? So I recently wrote another article for you uh, in Fire Rescue One um, where I relate a firefighter to a truss system. Um, you know, we're all familiar with lightweight truss construction. Um, it's very efficient. It's durable. Uh, and that's largely what we're doing with the Firefighter 1 and Firefighter 2. We're building a truss. Um, <clears throat> where we want to see resiliency, where we want to see growth, is developing that firefighter into a beam or a heavy timber. Um, some of these life skills, just finding the little things, the nuances, the uh, how to build relationships within the fire service or within your station, um, helps to add to the the thickness of that truss and eventually builds it out into a beam it creates resiliency it creates strength um there's some flexibility there uh so all of it um regardless of of how simple it might be or how complicated it might be will help lead to um, that growth and that resiliency uh it, it's uh Absolutely, a great parallel, and I uh, appreciate you sharing um, your thoughts with on that. Are there any particular skills, and this can come from any of you, but any particular skills out of what it is that uh, you've been talking about in these Firefighter 3 lessons uh, that are more or less important than the other with respect to mentorship? Is there something you want people to focus on when they're thinking about these particular skills, or are they all kind of vanilla they're all kind of the same what is it that they should be focusing on on, on in this particular genre of topic i think what you said though that you know this is this isn't going to get you a plaque on the wall i totally understand what you're saying but what this will get you and i've told new guys this uh it'll get you a long career as a firefighter because guys will like to work with you i always just say he gets it he's a good guy to work with i can spend a lot of time with him um, and I think that that's a big part of it, you know, and we always joke around. I, I joke around a lot about getting getting moved from shifts and getting moved from station to station. It's like, well, the guys that don't cause any problems and people like to work with never get moved. Yeah, <laughs> It's kind of a joke, but, and, you know, another thing with, you know, the last, I don't know how many years and probably even before I started as a firefighter with politics is I tell new guys a lot, just don't get into it, you know, and, and 
one, one, of, one of my captains once said, Hennessy, you're always on the fence. I said, it's the most comfortable seat in the firehouse. Yeah. Don't, don't, take, don't take one side or the other. Just listen and do your thing. And, and as long as the chief never hears your name, you're doing your job. Just do your thing. Don't cause problems. You know, get along with the guys and you'll be a firefighter. You'll be one of the most respected firefighters in your department for the next 20, 30 years, if that's what you want. And that's kind of the way that I kind of look at this whole thing. So um, for any one of you, again, how could uh, how do you suggest officers and Ben, I'll start with you. How do you suggest officers can use the skills that you're talking about uh, to use these lighthearted moments uh, to help bond their crews? And, you know, yes, it's all mentoring, but can you give some specific advice to officers um, who who might struggle with some of this lightheartedness? It's a very good question. I think sometimes we might tend to overlook the lighthearted part of it. Um, Maybe that's too simple, you know. Whose chair is whose is is silly. We're not going to address that. Um, the, the guys can figure that out. The guys and gals can figure that out. Um, but in reality, those are the things that we're doing every day. Those are the things that cause us stress at the beginning. And then when the the tones drop and we're catching a second or third alarm fire, now we're already elevated and um, even more so responding to these calls. So um heart rate blood pressure all of that uh, again the science supports the fact that we make bad decisions or poor decisions in those situations so um by solving some of the lighthearted issues in the station giving these guidance like firefighter three helps to alleviate some of that stress and then makes the shift that much better sure now it makes sense um so from from our other uh, non-officers there, uh, Matt and, and Andy, what what do you think? If you were given some advice to uh, captains and chiefs uh, about this lighthearted stuff, what would it be? Well, I think part of it is that, you know, it breaks the ice. That person coming in that's new is nervous or that person that just moved to a new station is nervous. You know, the, the officer obviously wants everything to go well. And sometimes it can be tough because they're – there's so much loaded in those moments, you know, like, like Ben said, it's stressful already enough, you know, that you're just showing up maybe for your first shift after working eight to five through an academy or something. But I think something like this, when that guy or girl comes into the station, you know, if you can sit down and kind of start joking around about this a little bit, the questions are probably going to flow easier because it broke the ice a little bit. No one's as worried anymore. Everybody's on the same page. And it might do a little bit to level the playing field where that person doesn't feel like they can't say anything or they don't want to say anything. And, you know, sometimes we don't realize how we come across to other people. So we might not realize that, you know, if we're an officer, how serious we seem and somebody might be intimidated by that. You sit down and have a cup of coffee and start joking about firefighter three. And the next thing you know, they might be asking questions that they would have never asked anymore. And all of a sudden now you get that issue taken care of and, they're more comfortable. Like Ben said, that has huge implications for responding to calls. The officer's got somebody who's already probably more integrated into the shift and everybody's moving forward and we're not having to repeat those same mistakes. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I, I definitely see the balancing act and, you know, the officer who's trying to be, uh, Ben's trying to be the captain that uh, everybody respects, but also that everybody listens to. Uh, it's a balancing act. So uh, I appreciate you trying to take those, uh, Take those lighthearted moments or more lighthearted moments and help mold firefighters into better 
people, not just great firefighters, but better people. Uh, guys, I, I appreciate you taking time with us uh, today. I want to hit some uh, hit some takeaways, and if I miss something here that you want to uh, throw in at the end, uh, feel free to, to throw it in there. But uh, some of the takeaways that I got from you is, uh, first of all, find out what makes folks tick. Is that their chair? Are they the ones that cook dinner tonight? Whatever it is, find out what makes folks tick. Uh, next, take advantage of storytelling. Uh, to help firefighters survive. It's, you know, it's not just about uh, uh, walking uphill three miles uh, barefoot in the snow to school stories that you heard from your grandfather. Um, you know, these are uh, things that help firefighters survive in the fire station. Take advantage of the storytelling sitting around that kitchen table. Next was learn how to build relationships. Uh, and that the, the learning um, of how to build relationships helps mold better firefighters. So from a mentorship perspective, telling those stories and sitting down and talking and having that cup of coffee and uh, helps build those better firefighters. And then uh, we talked about how life skills, you know, might not give you a plaque on a wall, uh, but it uh, certainly will give you um, a credit towards a long and healthier career. So guys, uh, anything to add before we close out here? People can uh, follow us on social media. We've got an Instagram page that we're starting to post some pictures up. Um, it's at firefighter underscore three, all spelled out. Check that out. Take this list, add to it, and we hope it makes somebody's you know first few months to a year in the fire service a little bit easier. Yeah, that's fantastic. And uh, you heard uh, Ben had wrote an article for us recently. The three of you had pinned the article um, that we talked about in the beginning that was titled Firefighter 3. Uh, learn the firefighter life skills that go beyond firefighter one and two. Uh, and there is that downloadable PDF that folks can uh, download that. And like you said, begin adding to it and uh, help it be something that grows in the fire service and helps others grow themselves in the fire service. Thank you guys for taking time with us today. Uh, we're all trying to make firefighters better, and I appreciate you taking that time. Uh, this is Mark Basher, executive editor for FireRescue1.com. Thanks for joining us here on Side Alpha Podcast. Join us on FireRescue1.com and FireChief.com for all the latest news and information affecting the fire service worldwide. Keep safe, stay smart, and take care.